There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 everyone. That is the voice of your fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace Attorney, coming at you with a pod for One Piece, specifically the One Piece manga. Uh, One Piece chapter 1054 is officially out. And uh, this particular episode is just going to be a solo outing. Uh, Grandmaster Hoop has handled solo outings himself before in the past when, uh, you know, no one could make it, unfortunately to discuss on the pod i believe it was uh for star wars obi-wan episode i i think it was like maybe two episodes or so but um hopefully we'll be doing these weekly and we'll have more cast members to join us in future outings because there's a lot to dissect in these one piece chapters and funny enough we've been meaning to go over one piece the manga specifically for quite some time already we've been wanting to do this for I want to say since we started doing the Yonko Table podcast, um, but, you know, things just never uh, clicked in terms of, like, where we wanted to start at or if we wanted to start when the, you know, Luffy versus Kaido stuff was going on. But now that we're entering the final saga, now's the best time. You know, Oda went on break for an entire month, and he basically said, when I come back, that's going to issue in the start of the final saga of one piece now of course that doesn't necessarily mean it's the final arc of one piece and what i mean by that is there's a big difference between an arc and a saga you know oda likes to classify these as like for example uh little garden is an arc uh fishman island is an arc um thriller bark is an arc uh as is alabasta kingdom you know the alabasta kingdom where they arrive at the desert kingdom is the alabasta kingdom arc but he also has sagas. So in that particular sense, that is the Alabasta Saga. Everything starting from Reverse Mountain all the way up to the actual Alabasta Kingdom arc is considered the Alabasta Saga. There's different sagas across all of One Piece. So when Oda is coming out and saying this is going to be the final saga of One Piece, you can bet that we're probably going to get bare minimum, I want to say like three arcs or so. Um, and again, I, I know Oda was saying um you know he he guesstimates that he's gonna end everything in about like three years or so four years oda always underestimates he undersells um you know the amount of time he's gonna take on an arc he's done it so many times and you know that's not necessarily a bad thing he really goes into detail on what he wants to do as he's in the arc and he realizes, oh, wait, I need to explain this. I need to, um, you know, write this little mini story. I have to have these characters interact. So three years minimum we're going to get of One Piece. Um, and in terms of a saga, yes, this is the final saga. But we're still going to get, I would say, at least three arcs in this saga. But who knows? Maybe it's all one arc and, you know, I'm just I'm just overcomplicating things. But uh Anyways, going back into the manga, chapter 1054 just dropped, 
and we're going to be doing something a little bit different as well for this episode. Uh, for our audio listeners, you're probably not going to see a difference because it's just the audio, but for our visual watchers, uh, check out at Dr. Jace Attorney uh, on YouTube so that you can see visually uh, as we go page by page in the recent chapter. Now, of course, I'm going to be sharing my screen uh, in one second. And of course, this is going to be from the official source to read uh, the One Piece chapter, which of course is Viz Media. Uh, the chapters are free to read, and we at the Yonko table are always, always, always going to tell you guys to support the official release. That's how we get more support over here in, you know, uh, globally, internationally for One Piece to come out on a timely basis. So always, always, always support the official release. But for our visual watchers, I have on my screen right now uh the one piece chapter and of course I, I i like when oda does color spreads because these are always sick man like i love these i have it as my background right now uh but right now on my screen i also have what uh the color spread is and you can see the four emperors the kings of the kings of the of the new world we got buggy d clown we got shanks blackbeard or, or marshall d teach and we have our our own goat monkey d luffy and i just i just love this i love the, the colors i love the spread I love how they're labeled as the four emperors. It's essentially how the last chapter we got ended already. So I am all excited about how we're going to go from here. So uh, we're going to go onwards to the next page. And okay, so this is interesting. So Green Bull, the Admiral... Um, this is a character that was hinted at before we closed off the, you know, the previous chapter of One Piece. And he's also been hinted at way before this, too. He was that new mystery admiral that we did not know, you know, uh, what his shenanigans were. Because obviously the original three admirals were Aokiji, Akainu, um, and Barcelino. And obviously Aokiji left. Uh, the world government. He's no longer an admiral. Aokiji became the fleet admiral of the Navy. So now there's two vacant spots. And obviously one of those spots was taken up by Fujitora. And we've met Fujitora time and time again, um, you know, throughout various arcs. And uh, <laughs> I think we really saw him showcase his prowess in Dressrosa. Uh, but there was always that mystery admiral that we never got to see. We only heard of him by name, and that's about it. There was nothing else um, that we learned about him through the arcs of One Piece, especially in the New World. Uh, but now we get to see this man in action. Green Bull is not playing games. Uh, and there were a lot of theories surrounding Green Bull for some time. I've seen some crazy ones where... Um, you know, some people theorized he was Zoro's father in some degree because I guess his name is, he has green in his name and Zoro has green hair. So I don't know where those were coming from, but I've seen some interesting theories on it. Uh, but I have not seen any theories that match the way he's being portrayed in this chapter. Green Bull has a demented form of justice in his mind. Um, he believes the world government should be ruling with an iron 
fist. Literally, in a lot of ways, he feels like almost like a protege of Akainu. And I mean, this man, like, look at the look at some of these lines. He's screaming at the people of Wano, saying, "You have no human rights." Um, and then there's this controversial uh, thing at the bottom left of my screen that you can see where <laughs> he says, "Discrimination creates solace." Um, I, 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 I think the unofficial translation for this specific scene, he says something like prejudice breeds stability or something. It is, it is such a tyrannical thing to say. Cause I don't even think Akainu is that bad, you know, like he clearly has his messed up form of, um, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I think he calls it absolute justice because, um, I think, uh Lucci from CP9 he has a variation of that called uh dark justice I I think that's Lucci's you know philosophy on justice Akainu has absolute justice this guy I don't know what I, tyrannical justice I don't know what this guy is saying he is saying some of the most effed up stuff in one piece and he's just blatantly saying it to uh these these uh these foreign characters you know he's facing off um against uh you know the shinobi the samurai and also he has a devil fruit that we've never seen before uh i believe somewhere uh it is called right here bottom left corner it's a logia type fruit and it's called the woods woods fruit uh it's a very strange name uh i I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, it's, 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 he summons flora and trees and wood and all that stuff. So yeah, woods, woods, I, I guess it, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue, I guess, as opposed to some other devil fruit names, but Hey, we're not here to judge devil fruit names right now. We're here to judge what this fruit does. So apparently it looks like it gives you the power uh, basically to summon a forest, essentially. Like that's literally what the man is doing. Uh, he's summoning these giant groves, these giant trees, and funny enough, these pieces of wood kind of look familiar to a certain wood-style ninjutsu user that we've seen in another series. I wonder if Oda's drawing some inspiration there. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, but this is a really cool devil fruit, and it's interesting that it's called a pure Logia-type uh, devil fruit. The reason why I say that is because there's more or less uh, a natural assumption of what a Logia is. And what I mean by that is when you think of a Logia type, you think of an element and basically uh, that element makes the user intangible. So for example, um, you have uh, Ace, right? Or I guess Sabo in this case now because Sabo has it, but Sabo or Ace ate the uh the plume i'm sorry not the plume, plume fruit the the fire fruit you know the the fire fruit that gives you the elements of well fire right um and essentially no one can touch it because you are the element the same with uh crocodile and the sand fruit um aokiji and the ice fruit uh akainu and the magma fruit there's a there's an unspoken law or not unspoken because it has been spoken but you guys get what i mean with logia type users it is usually it, it makes you intangible right uh however there was one exception to that rule or at least one that comes to mind when i think of this um and that is blackbeard blackbeard has a fruit 
uh, the, you know, the Yami Yami no Mi, the Dark Dark Fruit, and it is considered a Logia type. However, it does not make Blackbeard intangible, which is very interesting because that almost contradicts what we expect from Logia type uh, Devil Fruits. Um, so if you were to punch Blackbeard with no hockey, your hand is going to touch him. Now, of course, whether or not it's going to harm him or whatever, that's another story. But the point is, he does not become intangible. He does not become like darkness itself, right? Uh, the reason why I mentioned all of that just now, um, I think I would say this Logia type fruit is in the same thing because what is intangible about a forest you know like if you if you punch a green bull is your fist gonna like is your fist gonna go through him because he's made of flowers or he's made of wood or are you actually gonna connect like do you need hockey to fight this guy I, I, or at least to touch him right to actually uh make him tangible to you know make him uh sustainable to your attacks uh i honestly don't know what type of devil fruit it is aside from you know it being an obvious logia i just thought that was really interesting because it, had they not said it was a logia type i would have just assumed this was a paramecia i literally would have just assumed it's a paramecia because you know th th there's nothing that comes to mind of someone becoming intangible if they become a forest or trees or whatever um so again green bull is hella messed up uh this guy has mega mega problems and yeah he he needs to be taken out big time he's as to who's gonna face off with him i don't know but this man has problems i do not see him uh becoming redeemed or reformed by the end of the series this guy is messed up in the head he is he is on a whole i i've seen threads of people saying that this character is so much worse in terms of like um like how messed up his form of justice is compared to Akainu and to a degree I I would agree <laughs> I would agree this guy has problems he has major major problems um but again he's showing up uh on Wano because he wants to ensure that he reaches Luffy and that's that's his goal in this chapter he's here for Luffy and you have characters like Yamato and the rest of the samurai basically squaring up against Green Bull and making sure he doesn't reach Luffy. And, and I like this because you even got on the next page Momonosuke and he's doing his Momonosuke shenanigans where he's like breathing fire and nothing's really coming out. But even then, even in fear of his life, he learned from his battle with Kaido and everything. He's still going to charge in and do his damn best to stop green bull i love that character development in momonosuke um and he's telling yamato you know you must not fight and yamato obviously is confused not knowing what exactly is meant by that obviously some honor bound battle that he wants to have with green bull to at least repay luffy back for what he did for his country he saved his country and gave it a new chance at life uh by defeating kaido so that fight i think pretty much ends there or not the fight necessarily but you know for the chapter uh the, the fight for the chapter kind of just ends there so we're gonna pick up on it next time we get back into these characters and then we switch gears a little bit we go onto the ship of red hair shanks 
And this bit is a little bit interesting because we always love seeing Shanks, right? We love seeing um, what he has to say, what, uh, what are his thoughts on what's going on in the world. And to a degree, and I think a lot of people uh, in our Yonko podcast would agree with me, um, these are some of the best chapters of One Piece we ever get. It's, it's, the, it's the epilogue to the major arc that just happened. So, yeah, you got your final fight with, like, you know, Luffy and whoever the big bad is, and you have, um, you know, maybe Luffy unlocking a new power, so-and-so. And, and, and that's all great, you know, those are hype moments in One Piece as well. But in terms of, uh, like, just expanding on where the world is moving, these chapters following that final fight, those are the ones that are the most exciting. Because then you get chapters like this, where uh, you have Shanks. We haven't seen Shanks in God knows how long. Um, and it, it's funny because uh, his first bit of dialogue right here is like ah it's been ages yeah yeah shanks it has it has been it has been way too long but uh once again you see some of uh his crewmates down on the bottom right corner over here uh you see yasop and it's funny because the one bit of dialogue we get with him is like um wait can we not disembark uh in this in this country please because i'm not ready to see usopp it's very interesting that Shanks was on his way to go see Luffy in Wano. And they're all excited to see Luffy because, you know, they remember Luffy. They remember the good old days back in the East Blue all the way back in Chapter 1. Um, but, of course, uh, <laughs> it's funny because Yasab, being a deadbeat father, does not want to see Usopp. Or rather, he probably wants to see Usopp, but he's just so afraid as to, like, what he's going to say to him or what... Like, it, 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 it's just weird. It's just weird. I wonder how Oda's going to write Yasop into the mix to make him likable because so far his only character trait is deadbeat dad that never went to go see his son. And I'm sure there's going to be some... A uh, storyline with that where um, he, you know, he, he he sailed away with Shanks so that his family can be saved from, you know, what was going on with the red hair pirates. I'm not going to buy that as an excuse, but I can see Oda spinning a, a yarn with something like that. Um, so we got Shanks looking at the wanted poster for Luffy. He's smiling. He's a proud papa. He's a proud red hair. Um, and interesting enough, we also see the bounty of Luffy over here in the top left corner. He has a bounty, a new bounty of 3 billion berries. Our boy is moving up. Uh, from the last chapter, we saw the wanted posters, but I don't think we got to see the actual bounty that any of the characters had in terms of them being labeled as the new uh, four emperors. For Luffy we have confirmation. He now has a bounty of 3 billion. And I want to know how that compares to the other Yonkos because, I mean, the government is sending uh, an admiral specifically to reach Luffy. And it makes me wonder, like, you know, they don't just send admirals all willy-nilly for the most part. So I want to know what the bounties are on some of these other characters. Uh, as Shanks is 
looking at the wanted poster for Luffy, we get to see him reminisce about the time they raided the CP9 ship where they stole the devil fruit. And it's very interesting because it looks like the CP9 agents in this chapter, they don't even understand why they want that devil fruit so much because from their understanding, it's just a rubber devil fruit. And whether or not that's something that, you know, the Gorosei at the top would just tell their um, their lapdogs, basically saying, hey, it, it's it's just a rubber devil fruit, not a big deal. You know, don't worry about it. Just that's all you need to know. It's a rubber devil fruit. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's just interesting that the Gorosei have known about that fruit for quite some time. And, um, they just think that this is a devil fruit with CP9. It's just really cool to see that. It then begs the question, uh, cause you get scenes, for example, like this, where right after, you know, they raided the CP9 ship, you get the parts where Shanks met Luffy. They enjoyed each other's company. They hung out. He told them tales of his uh, sailings as a pirate. And then we get the, you know, the, uh, I think it's called the Coastal King or the Sea King, whichever it is, that bit off Shanks' arm. And it, it makes you beg the question, was this all part of Shanks' plan? You know, Shanks 100% knew what that double fruit was. I refuse to believe, believe, I refuse to believe that Shanks did not know what that devil fruit was uh, beyond it being just a rubber devil fruit. He definitely knows uh, about its origins. Um, I'm sorry, he definitely knew about its origins, what it really was. And the question is, did he give it to Luffy on purpose? Of course, you have, you know, from chapter one, it's painted as an accident. You know, he had it on the table. Luffy was there being a dumbass. He opens the box, eats the fruit, thinking that it's just a regular fruit. And Shanks is like, oh my God, Luffy, you ate the gum gum fruit. That's the four kids interpretation of what Shanks sounds like. So don't be upset with me. Be upset with four kids. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you have that scene like that. And now it just begs the question, did Shanks do it on purpose? Did he set that box there knowing that Luffy, being how he is, was going to eat it at some point by accident? Uh, because you get a flashback like this and it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot, a lot going on. Um, but then uh, we exit the whole flashback scene and Shanks says the unbelievable because... Uh, <laughs> Oda does Oda is doing everything in his power to make sure these two do not meet each other until the grand finale of the series. Ne Even though they were on their way to Wano, Shanks is now saying, I'm not interested in seeing Luffy, mate. And everyone's like, what? What? Why? Why? And this is interesting. Shanks reminds his crew, hey, remember what's happening in our territory right now? Oh, yeah. There's that follower of Luffy's uh bart something which is obviously Bar bartolomeo uh he burned our flags down and replaced them with luffy's so how would that make me look what happens to the trust put in me so shanks is basically saying we need to go back and take care of bartolomeo and that's just hilarious because shanks at the end of the day is an emperor and i doubt he's gonna beat the ever-living crab out of bartolomeo but um i mean i don't i don't know what shanks is gonna do to that guy knowing that he's a devote follower, a devote fan, a fanboy, you could say, of Luffy. Um, and then 
this is where the arc starts getting, or I'm sorry, not the arc, the chapter gets really interesting. Uh, Shanks approaches Beck. And whenever we get this, whenever this line is ever said in One Piece, it's always some hype moment. It's always something bombastic. And like, it leaves you wondering, what the hell? Where are we going to go after this? Shanks approaches Beck and he's like, say Beck, I think it's time we make our move. Beck in silence is just looking at him like, what, what move do you think we should make? Uh, and Shanks gives him the line, let's claim the One Piece. The fandom is in flames. The fandom is in flames. You don't get these moments a lot in any other series, man. Right now, Shanks set a line that's very interesting because it's like, does Shanks know exactly how to get to the One Piece? Obviously, we know where the One Piece is, right? It's on Laugh Tale, Raft Tale, however you want to call it. It's on that island, but Shanks says it in a way where like it's readily accessible to him to where he could just tell Beck, yeah, hey Beck, maybe we should go claim the One Piece because we we know how to get to it. We know where it is. And I refuse to believe Shanks does not know what the One Piece is, especially since he knows he has to go and claim it. Now, what he means when he says, let's go claim it, this can mean so many things. Does he want to claim it to become the King of the Pirates? Does he want to claim it about, uh, you know, in anticipation for where the world is heading right now, knowing who the four emperors are? There's a lot of theories right now going on, thinking that Shanks might be the final villain of One Piece. While I can see that as a possibility, I don't see him being the final villain. I, I, I just can't. I can't. I understand when you get menacing panels like this on the bottom and you see Shanks like just, you know, you zoom in on his eyes and it fades to black and he seems so menacing. It's easy to think that like, oh, wow, Shanks potentially could be up to something if he claims the One Piece. What that is, we don't know, but I can see where the arguments are for it it's definitely something menacing and i mean it's 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 this part right here where it fades to black that it's just freaking insane um but then we shift over to the world government these are the last couple pages of the chapter and you could say these are probably one of the more interesting bits as well aside from the shanks portion but it's basically the you know the leaders of the world government uh talking with each other you know, you have the admirals discussing on what they should do um, and what has been going on in the world so far. Uh, let me see right here. Um, you have Sabo making waves across the world. He's being considered the flame emperor Sabo, not to be confused with the four emperors, but because Sabo is not necessarily a pirate, he's a revolutionary. They're kind of just giving him that title as, you know, flame emperor Sabo. He's making waves so um we get those scenes with him uh and then so let's read this line right here right we have a member of uh i, I forgot who this character was um he's talking with akainu and he says 800 years ago the world government the world government was created by 20 founders of their descendants only nefeltary cobra attended the reverie this year which is why his murder was so meaningful to the revolutionary army. Now, I have my thing with Oda. 
And people in the Yonko chat understand, or at least the Grand Light chat understand. I have my thing with Oda where Oda does not kill people. Like, he does not kill any of his characters under two exceptions. Unless it's a flashback, meaning the character is already dead from, you know, the past. And we're just reliving a moment from that character's life to see what happened, what led to their execution, their death, whatever. Characters die in that scenario. Or B, there is a major shift in the story to usher in that death. So, like, for example, at Marineford, right? The arc that changed everything before the time skip. And it was it was a major shifting point in One Piece. Oda kills off Whitebeard and Ace. Those are the only two exceptions, at least in my opinion. You know, my thoughts don't represent the Yonko table in its entirety. Uh, but those are the only two exceptions where Oda goes out of his way, in my opinion, to kill off characters. Um, I know you have, uh, oh God, what's the, what was the Shogun's name uh, in, in Wano? I, I I think it was Orochi or um, the guy with the, the, the two buck teeth or something. Um, I know his head was cut off. I think he's alive. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Oda does not really kill people in One Piece, uh, especially like this. You're telling me Cobra? Cobra, a major character in the politics of One Piece, right up there with Vivi, is going to die off screen? With no buildup, like just nothing. Nothing happens to I'm sorry, man. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It it doesn't help the fact that on the next page, it says Vivi is um Vivi is MIA. She disappeared um at the same time as Cobra's murder. I know that there is definitely a cover-up involving Cobra's murder, uh, or rather his supposed murder. Vivi disappeared. Cobra is murdered, quote-unquote. There's something going on. There's something going on. I don't think Cobra is dead, and I don't think Vivi... Well, I mean, Vivi's missing, but you, you guys get what I mean. There's something more afoot that is about to happen. Um, and then we get some dialogue up here. Oh, yeah, the guy that he's talking to is Director Naval, Naval Bureau of Investigation, uh, Karoma. That's the individual I was referring to earlier when I was like, who's talking to Akainu? Is that like another admiral or vice admiral? But it's the it's the director director of the Naval Bureau of Investigation, uh, Kuroma. So we get this bit of dialogue up here where it says, just before that murder in the land of the gods, the living area of the celestial dragons, they destroyed the hoof of the celestial dragons, symbol of the world nobles, in a declaration of war. Admirals, uh, Ryokyu, Ryo God, I'm butchering that. Um, and Fujitora led the Navy into battle. Um, but in the end, the ex-revolutionary and celestial dragon slave Bartholomew Kuma was freed and all of the revolutionaries escaped. I want to know what is going on with Kuma because there was that whole thing with Kuma where... He was being experimented on and he was less human now than he ever was. So now he has like no capacity for thought outside of thinking for the world government. I want to know what Kuma's game is in this. Um, so then we get more dialogue from the director. I'm certain that it was difficult for the admirals to exhibit their full powers in the land of gods. Akai says don't make excuses for him. Because yeah, these revolutionaries, you know, Sabo is OP. And these revolutionaries are pretty powerful in their own right. But against two admirals, 
Fujitora and Green Bull, like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, that's, I'm sorry. That, that to me is like, there is no way, unless the Admirals are pulling their punches, there's no way that they are putting up a fight against that. And, you know, the director says that. He basically says, um, oh, yeah, these characters, they were likely holding back. They were likely holding back. That's that that's the understanding of, of what's going on here. Um, so anyways, their conversation continues. Um, there was the discussion of Saint Charlos, the attempted murder of Saint Charlos. So unfortunately, that POS has not bitten the bullet yet. But I'm sure once Oda decides we're in the end game of One Piece and he starts chopping up heads, you know, we're gonna get more deaths in that regard. Um then he also says the Holy Knights have intervened, and it's all a big mess now. Uh, fast forwarding through some of the dialogue uh, pieces. Uh, the director said, okay, now, now, now this part is interesting. But in each case, the public is convinced that Saba was the one pulling the strings, and it's causing quite a stir. Add to that the recent events orchestrated during the King's return with the Eight-Nation Revolution, and now the many sparks of rebellion smoldering all over the world. This is a money shot panel right here. Sabo's revolutionary spike is so powerful, they are thinking that he is a bigger threat than... Um, I thought they said somewhere in here that it might have more influence than Dragon. I thought they said that somewhere. No, I, I, I don't see it anywhere here. Hmm. Well, I don't see it here now. I could have sworn it was earlier in the chapter beforehand. But essentially, Sabo's the face of revolution across the world, across all eight nations, across all eight kingdoms. This man is sparking war everywhere. And that's a major problem for the government. We're finally starting to see the revolutionary army take steps into what their end game is. We obviously know their goal is to topple the government. But they have not really shown their their cards on the table, so to speak, uh, up until, you know, really right now. They are inciting revolution. It's in their name. The Revolutionary Army is actually inciting revolution across the world with Sabo as the face. That is really cool. I wonder, however, why isn't Dragon involved in this? Obviously, Dragon is behind the scenes. He's the one, like, you know sending the troops out to do all their revolutionary deeds but what's you know what's dragon's game in this why is sabo the face maybe because sabo has the you know one of the more op fruits in the in, in the world does dragon have a fruit does he not have a fruit that's my question uh but everyone is worshiping as you can see right here they're worshiping sabo as a some kind of god the flame emperor and then they go on to further state, at this point in time, he's so popular that he ha might have more influence than... Okay, bam, there we go. The, the speech bubble was right there. I don't know why I didn't see it. So this is what I was saying earlier. They think at this point in time, he is more popular and has more influence than Dragon, Commander-in-Chief of the Revolutionaries. So that's what I was alluding to earlier. Sabo is now the face of the Revolutionary Army where Dragon was before. And maybe it's like a political stunt because, you know, Sabo 
is like he represents what a revolution is supposed to be like he has the young face he has the charisma he has the burning flames of revolution embodied in his devil fruit i mean in terms of thematic uh you know um uh i don't know thematic themes i don't know man this is exactly what you would want as the face of your revolution this is freaking insane and now of course uh, Borsellino's like, oh, and now his brother Straw Hat Luffy is an emperor of the sea. That's a problem. Akainu, as he stares off into the vast scape of the ocean, he comments, this is one hell of an age I had to be fleet admiral in. But no matter who comes to us, I'll drive each and every one of them back into the depths of the sea. There we go. That's his form of absolute justice. And again, it's a messed up form of justice, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm telling you, we've seen the worst of Akainu, and we've only gotten a couple chapters of Green Bull. Green Bull is so much worse. Green Bull is so much worse. This guy needs to be put down, I'm sorry. Akainu too, don't get me wrong. Akainu needs to be stopped as well. But um, yeah, and, and it's, it's funny because we got, um, we got the... Uh, the different philosophies of justice all kind of laid out in a way. We got uh, Barcelino, of course, representing lazy justice, kind of just going with the flow and seeing what happens. Um, we got Akainu. So, I'm sorry, Barcelino is lazy justice. Akainu is absolute justice. Fujitora is blind justice. And Green Bull, they haven't coined it yet. Let me see. Let me see what 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 we can get from like some of his dialogue bits. Um, let me see. Um, discrimination justice right here. Discrimination creates solace. I don't know, man. Or no, no, no human rights justice. Bam, bam. That's his philosophy. No human rights justice. I already gave it to Oda. It's either no human rights justice or discrimination. <laughs> discrimination justice i don't know how green bull works man but this man is a psychopath he needs to be stopped um but again jam packed chapter i try to cover as much of the details as i could there's probably a couple things that i missed out on um but again this is these are the chapters of one piece that are absolutely insane there's so much to dissect so much to get into so much to discuss and Honestly, at the Yonko table, this is the time to uh, be jumping into the series. As you guys know, if you've been following us, we do our One Piece Chronicles uh, every week where we cover an arc in One Piece and discuss the ins and outs, the foreshadowing, the characters, the synopsis, all that stuff. Uh, coming up, we're going to be covering Skypea, and uh, that's a big arc, uh, you know, by itself. But, um... Yeah, like we've been doing our One Piece Chronicles pods and I think it's high time now that we're in the final saga of One Piece, it's time to start covering these chapters because they're going to be explosive. They're going to be so much to talk about. Like, oh man, it's it's exciting. But I think that's all I have for you guys. And again, I know it was kind of a bit of a shorter podcast compared to how we usually handle it, but... um. You know, I mean, next time, hopefully we'll get more of a group to, so that we can get differing opinions and differ, uh, differing perspectives on what they think of the chapter. But those are my thoughts. That's what I liked about the chapter. And those are 
you know, kind of the questions I have going into the, you know, next week's chapter, because it, it doesn't look like it's going on break. Uh, cause on the last page, it doesn't even say, you know, um, next week we're on break or something. So next Sunday, we should get another chapter of one piece. And if you guys want to read this chapter of one piece, I'm going to have a link in the description box down below for the official release. It's totally free. You can read the last three chapters for free. Or if you want to read all of One Piece on Viz Media, you can subscribe to them and uh, basically, you know, get some more uh, One Piece greatness into your catalog. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I have to say, folks. Let me know what you think in the comments below, wherever you're listening to us on, whether it be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a like, give us a share. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to check out our Discord. And to gain access to it, check out our Patreon. All that goodness in the link in the description box down below. We're we're blowing that up right now with One Piece discussions as we speak. So I'm, I'm super excited. Let me know what you guys think. But with that, everyone, I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, signing off and take care.